Welcome to Talk Dizzy to Me, the show that brings you a comprehensive look into the complex field of dizziness. Now here are your hosts, vestibular physical therapist, Dr. Abby Ross and Dr. Danielle Tolman. Welcome back to Talk Dizzy to Me. I'm Dr. Abby Ross, vestibular physical therapist and neuroclinical specialist, joined today, as always, by my co-host, Dr. Danielle Tolman, also a vestibular physical therapist. And today, well, first of all, it's been a little bit since we actually recorded one of these things. So there's a lot to catch our audience up on, starting with the probably best thing that's happened in the last month is it month and a day or a month today about a month about a month and a day about a month danny had a baby we have little isley here for our audience to see rocking our new talk dizzy to me onesies oh yeah she's our new vestibular holic in training (laughs) i love that so anyway, welcome everyone. This is Isley. Isley is our newest vestibuloholic and she is surely to grow up learning all things vestibular rehab and vestibular system with Danny as her mom. I will say in her first week, she did sit through her first vestibular lecture. So we're very excited. So today we want to talk about a topic that we haven't covered in a few months now. I think the last time we talked about this was April, but A little bit to our surprise, actually, it's our most listened to episode. We have a ton of comments on our YouTube about this topic. And online on other forums, there are hundreds of comments of people and including our Instagram and emails, we get questions about this. So if you haven't guessed it yet, we're going to talk again about COVID-19 as well as the COVID-19 vaccination and, and how they pertain to your vestibular system and vestibular dysfunction. Yeah. Interestingly enough, you know, the first time we recorded this episode, um, it was very anecdotal. We kind of went into it with a bunch of warning signs and uh, notifications saying like, this is our experience of what we think is happening just because there wasn't a lot of research out yet. Um, But there's more and more coming out every single day. So we wanted to update this just because as Abby had mentioned, it's one of our most watched episodes on YouTube as well as the podcast. Um, It's got well close to uh, 330 comments of people sharing their experiences in relation to our episode. So we just kind of wanted to update everybody as to what's been coming out as far as research is concerned, what other patients have been reporting and saying, and also just kind of give you some more leads into additional resources that there are out there to report symptoms or to find more information about experiences with the vaccination or COVID, as well as just define COVID, um, long COVID, acute COVID, you know, the different stages that are coming out of this too. So I think uh, today will be a good discussion. Again, a lot of this too is interpretation of the research. A lot of the research that's coming out um, is saying that there needs to be larger, longer studies that are being done. And a lot of the information that is coming out in research is variable. So what we're going to talk about today, it might change in a month or two. It depends. You just got to kind of stay current and make sure you're doing your own research along the way. Yes, and we also want to make it very clear that this is just about sharing information and having a discussion. This is not medical advice. We are in no way saying get the vaccine, don't get the vaccine. Again, this is just us sharing what we've learned and what we've seen in the clinic. So Danny, let's first discuss 
COVID-19 and vestibular dysfunction. What can happen if you contract COVID-19 in terms of symptoms, whether you had prior symptoms or if there are a new onset of symptoms? Yeah, sounds good to me. So let's first define the stages. We've done a couple Instagram posts on this already, but there are a couple of different a couple of different stages. Um, so first of all, there is acute COVID nineteen, right? So this is signs and symptoms of COVID for up to about four weeks, and then there is ongoing symptomatic COVID, and that's signs and symptoms of COVID lasting anywhere from four to twelve weeks, and then you've got post COVID symptoms or long COVID, which is when you've got symptoms that are consistent with COVID that continue for longer than twelve weeks. That's not explained by any other diagnosis. Um, so, you know, this could be in a multitude of different things, um, just because of what we know about the pathophys of COVID-19 is that it creates a lot of neurological symptoms, along with things like fatigue, breathlessness, um, difficulties breathing and getting back into exercise and moving properly. Um, so we have those three stages, the acute, the ongoing and the post-COVID or long um, COVID symptoms, uh, where we look at time frame of when your symptoms are present. Right. And if you look up on pretty much any website, right, what are the symptoms of COVID-19? Typically, dizziness, vertigo, imbalance are not going to be the top symptoms listed, if they're listed even at all. But we know, based on research that's come out, different case studies, and also reports, I mean, the, the percentage of patients experiencing dizziness or vertigo or imbalance with COVID-19, the percentage of patients in any given report varies significantly. But the point here is that it can happen, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that could be for a couple of different reasons. You know, like we had mentioned, COVID-19 can create neurological symptoms. And there's an idea that um, specifically cranial nerves can be involved or attacked um, with COVID-19. So, you know, people that lose their sense of smell um, is one example of that loss of the olfactory system. Um, but there's, it, it's evil, easily conceivable that you could have the vestibular cochlear nerve or cranial nerve eight involved um, with these neurological symptoms, or even, you know, just central nervous system involvement that can include um, feelings of dizziness, um, which is, which is interesting. It, it's, you know, not so far-fetched, but what's interesting to me too, is that, you know, when you look at a lot of these studies, the prevalence of dizziness and imbalance are variable, but tend to be very low. I've seen as low as 3% of the population to 16% of the population that might have some dizziness, imbalance, or even hearing loss issues that include that vestibulocochlear um, system. Right. And then the other thing to pay attention to as a clinician is, you know, you might actually have cases where symptoms of vestibular dysfunction, maybe with a fever or another you know, couple symptoms are presenting and you really need to look at COVID-19 as a possible contributing diagnosis to the patient's symptoms. So for example, there was a case study that came out in a pediatric patient in which the child experienced just vertigo and a fever. So the suspicion was they tested him for COVID, he tested positive, he or she, I don't remember. Um, but the, the idea here was that COVID-19 likely induced vestibular dysfunction for this child. 
Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is just one of many, uh, many uh, systems that can be involved. You know, our podcast is called Talk Dizzy to Me. So, of course, we have a a closer look at the vestibular system. But this is a multi-system issue, right? There's a ton of different things that it can um, manifest in our attack, uh, including the cardiovascular system, just general fatigue, neurological, uh, GI problems, musculoskeletal symptoms. There's a big psychological um, impact with all of this, um, but you know, also dermatological. So skin issues can arise from this. So we we recognize there's a whole range of different things that can pop up. But today we're just talking about dizziness and COVID nineteen and COVID nineteen vaccination. Yeah, exactly. So to Danny's point, again, and some of the the things we discussed today are our perception could be skewed, right? If we look at our YouTube video on discussion of COVID and COVID vaccination with vestibular symptoms, you don't hear much from people who had no issues. They're probably not Googling or looking up on YouTube different videos discussing this. You hear mostly from those that had an issue. So in that case, or even on the VITA forum, the VITA uh, website, the Stable Disorders Association also has a forum discussing COVID-19 and COVID-19 vaccination with vestibular symptoms. And I think there's like over 600 pages of comments on that forum. So again, you're hearing from the people that had a problem, not those that were A-okay, because certainly you can be A-okay from a vestibular standpoint if you experienced COVID-19 or post-vaccination. Yeah. And, you know, we'll, we'll caution you guys, um, just like you would with anything on the internet to take everything with a grain of salt. <clears throat> you know, one person's experience does not mean that's necessarily going to happen to you. Um, you know, one of the main reasons for this episode today is again, to bring together a culmination of evidence and references and resources to help you make your own informed decision. Um, obviously vaccination <clears throat> is important on many different levels, but again, it's a personal choice. So when we were discussing this, uh, a group of colleagues and Danny and I decided to write up an abstract for CSM, which is a physical therapy conference. This year it will be in San Antonio. And we were looking through all the research and we did find research that supported the onset of symptoms following actual COVID-19, you know, contracting the virus, but no research really on contracting or no research on developing symptoms or having recurring symptoms post-vaccination. However, as we alluded to in our last episode, anecdotally, we were finding that patients were coming to us post-vaccination with either new onset or an exacerbation of vestibular symptoms. So we're going to shift gears a little bit now and talk to you what we've been hearing on our videos, our Instagram uh, messages, our emails, and talking with other colleagues as well to see what we're what we're learning more, or as we're learning more about how people are dealing with vestibular symptoms post vaccination. Yeah. So if you look at our previous video, yeah, we have close to three hundred and thirty comments already, and a lot of it is post vaccination dizziness and nausea and imbalance. Now, for some people, symptoms are ongoing. And for others, they resolve within the time frame that we'd expect them to re- resolve in about 14 days or so, about two weeks. And a lot of these comments also talk about how vestibular therapy uh, or PT has been greatly helping them reduce their symptoms. Um, again, there's also some spam on there 
with people recommending certain supplements and things like that. So be careful about, again, what you read. Um, but it seems like, you know, there is a, a good mix of people who got dizzy after vaccinations, but did have symptoms resolve slowly over time. I will also say that it looks like after their first vaccination, many people shied away from getting their second dose. Um, so again, these are all personal choices. Uh, and these are everybody's individual experiences, but it does seem like there is an overwhelming response that people are having some symptoms post-vaccination. And kind of like we, we spoke about in our last episode, that this could be completely normal for any other type of vaccination that you undergo, whether it's shingles or a flu vaccine. You know, there's always that chance of, of different neurological effects like Guillain-Barre. Um, this might just be something that is... Uh, popping up a lot more because so many people are getting vaccinated all at once. And, you know, we're all going through this and having to get um, over our symptoms once we do get vaccinated. It's just hard to parse out what exactly is due to this specific vaccine or, you know, is it attacking the vestibular system or why we're having these symptoms? Right. And again, I just want to drive home that People that comment on the videos are not people that had no no issues, right? These are the people that are searching for answers into why they're experiencing symptoms and realizing that it's possible that the COVID-19 vaccine is what induced the symptoms. Now, also with that being said, um, there are many, actually it's along the same lines, but there are many, many stories out there blogs, for example, or even just comments on some of our Instagram posts too, that say, I didn't have any issues. And one example, I think it's a good read is the Dizzy Cooks blog post on how she handled the COVID-19 vaccination. It was important to her to get vaccinated as she talks about in her blog post, but she took some steps to actually perhaps combat um, her chances of experiencing an exacerbation of symptoms. Yeah, and this is actually something I spoke to so, um, spoke to somebody who reached out to us after watching our video, our previous video. Um, this gentleman was he's young with a history of vestibular dysfunction, and he was trying to wrap his head around whether or not to get the vaccine and if it would exacerbate symptoms or you know if it's anything he had to really worry about. And we had talked about ways that he can go into possible getting possibly getting vaccinated, but um, kind of setting himself up for success. Right. So one of those things that we talked about was staying hydrated, making sure you're not dehydrated, that your body is nice and hydrated. It's going to be help, uh, helpful and, and healthy for um, processing that vaccine, um, but also making sure that you reduce inflammation. So if there's anything that you know that triggers uh, symptoms that exist already um, or might uh, trigger any sort of inflammation in your body, reducing that, making sure you're taking uh, antihistamines or allergy medication, um, anything beforehand to kind of help reduce the possibility of, of inflammation um, stirring up in your body, um, working on accepting, you know, if they do have symptoms from that vaccination, you know, what are the steps that you can take to address them? You know, being um, aware of having your vestibular therapist on hand and ready to go in case you have something pop up, it can be great, but managing that anxiety um, would be helpful and, and decreasing that worry so that you're not amplifying symptoms with increased increased stress and anxiety, which can, again, um, cause its own dizziness symptoms as a result of that increased stress and anxiety. Right. And also having certain medications like abortive medications on hand, you know, speak to your physician about this, but 
if there is a chance that you may have an exacerbation of symptoms, be prepared with the medications that help you. And then also consider what triggers or what known triggers you have to an exacerbation of symptoms and try to schedule your vaccination around a time where you can limit those. For example, one might be one trigger for patients with vestibular migraine might be food triggers. So prepare your meals maybe ahead of time or do easy, simple meals that don't have the food triggers that you've already identified. Absolutely. And you know, if you are having symptoms, make sure you're reporting them. There are a couple of different ways that you can report. Um, you can go on the CDC or even the FDA and you can report an adverse event, um, even with the vaccine adverse event reporting system. Um, we'll include links to all these different things, but you can report symptoms following vaccines, following diagnoses so that you can kind of help build up the um, research that's out there. If you look at, if, at the actual research behind the vaccines and their cause for dizziness, Pfizer, Moderna, and um, Johnson & Johnson all had close to no reports of dizziness when it came to their initial trials, which we know is, is probably unlikely depending on how they were um, reporting or asking their, their trial participants, just based on all of you guys commenting on our um, video and looking for resources on online forums. Um, so the research out there is saying that these vaccines don't cause dizziness, but at the same time, anecdotally, we're seeing a little bit of a difference in that opinion. So if you are having symptoms following vaccination, make sure you're reporting them um, to where they need to be reported so that we can start making sense of all of this. Right. I just want to say, to clarify a little bit, the initial research on the initial trials of these vaccinations showed no one. No one had dizziness following vaccination. Mm -hmm. More current research and case studies coming out now do show that this is a possibility. So it's shifting a little bit and we're seeing what I feel to be an increase in number of cases. Maybe people are more apt to report it. Maybe people are now putting the link together because they're hearing from others that are experiencing similar symptoms. Who knows what the reason is? But in any case, if you have symptoms, it's really important to address the symptoms with your healthcare team. There are things that you can do to help abate the symptoms, such as vestibular rehab. Anecdotally speaking, the patients that we've seen with new onset or exacerbation of symptoms post-vaccination, and I'm talking like a day to a week post-vaccination, the symptoms came on, started vestibular therapy, and they returned to prior level of function pretty quickly. They responded extremely well to exercise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're seeing that both just patient reports, but also the patients that we see and treat on a daily basis. So this, you know, this there is hope. Um, there is hope out there. It's just finding the right things to work for you uh, as a patient individually. Right. Now, one other thing that I want to drive home too is that obviously there is risk involved with catching COVID-19. There is risk involved with getting the COVID-19 vaccination. One might be higher, one might be lower. Again, it's not our job to tell you that part of it. We're just here to share information. But I would encourage you or anyone really, if you have any concerns about the vaccination or receiving the vaccination to talk to your healthcare provider, everyone's different, right? So the plan for you might look different for the, than the plan, than the next person or the person next to you and et cetera. And also <clears throat> discuss with your physician if you are um, considering that 
there may, you may have a reaction to the vaccination, then discuss with your physician some of those plans that we talked about uh, to help mitigate the possibility of symptoms such as hydration, avoiding triggers, maintaining your, your migraine-friendly diet, those types of things. So those are just a couple of our thoughts. Um, we're going to include links to the different places that we pulled some of our um, research from and some of these resources like where you can report uh, symptoms following vaccination or following COVID diagnosis, um, as well as the link to Alicia's blog about preparing for her uh, COVID vaccination. Remember, this is a personal choice. We're not trying to sway you one way or the other, but uh, make sure you do, you're doing your part, you're doing your research, and you're doing what's best for you. Uh, vestibular therapy is always helpful if you have some post-COVID uh, or post-vaccination dizziness. So if you are open to a telehealth appointment and you want to talk to either one of us, make sure you check us out at Balancing Act Rehab. And also, um, come February, the Vestibular Disorders Association is having their uh, second virtual conference, um, primarily aimed at patients. And one of those days, we will have an expert panel on COVID-19 and, uh, and its involvement with the vestibular system and neurological symptoms. So keep an eye out for that. Check out the show notes for a link to that as well to register. Abby and I will be hosting and moderating um, for that, that week. So we're really excited to be a part of that. Um, if you have any comments, questions, make sure you put them in the comment section. Shoot us an email. Find us on social media. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys and, and continue to build upon these episodes as more information comes out. Absolutely. And we, you know, like Danny said, please share your story, positive, negative, good, bad, whatever it is. You know, we don't want our information to be skewed. So if you had no issues with COVID-19 or the vaccination, let's hear about it. Let's let's get all sides of the story here because we know they exist. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Stay tuned for more episodes and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you. If you're interested in finding us on social media or the web, you can visit www.vestibular.today for more resources, including testing, treatment, and educational videos, blogs, continuing education classes, and resources including clinic equipment recommendations, suggested tests, and BPMBV treatment charts. Search Vestibular Today and Balancing Act Rehab on all social media platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Also, be sure to check out Balancing Act Rehab at www.balancingactrehab.com, especially if you think you would benefit from vestibular therapy. We are your girls. The information on this podcast is not intended to replace the care provided by your qualified health professional or to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on Talk Dizzy to Me. Please contact us at Balancing Act Rehab if you think you could benefit from vestibular therapy.